0: if we want to mention it this episode is coming out on october 1st so it's like this is the first day of october October's
1: oh, here. okay saturday morning october's days <laughs> saturday, saturday morning, morning october, october fest. fest
0: yeah i knew you were gonna say that uh, i knew you would i knew you would because <laughs> i know <laughs> so how I... idiots think <laughs> 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 i've studied them i've studied i've studied the ways of your kind The noble idiot.
1: (laughs) The graceful idiot. (laughs) (laughs) You really think I'm graceful? (laughs) What? You really
2: think that? (laughs) 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 You really think that? (laughs) 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 Serena! Let me tell you about my family. propane
0: and propane well thanks for tuning back into Saturday morning Tuesdays the animated podcast about real cartoons and before I say my name you guys I feel like we've been on the air for a minute now mm-hmm yeah. wouldn't wouldn't it be appropriate for us to shed our you know shed our Christian names and take up a take up a radio name oh you mean it, the show or each of us individually? each of us individually because I I happen to have a couple suggestions <laughs> oh okay yeah yes. right, so I'm gonna be Johnny podcast aka <laughs> aka Johnny pods aka Jonathan Potteruni, uh <laughs> aka JP JP pod, pod Podsington you play with Johnny Pods is is kind of the the root of this of this nickname right
1: okay very nice yeah.
0: all right over over in the corner we've got Austin and i just think oh, you've his... got
1: names for us okay uh, yeah 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 and I, <laughs> I, I, I propose i propose that
0: you just be scraps scraps uh-huh yeah like a like a like a you know like a like a guy who's a guy who hangs out in the trash can just picking at picking uh-huh. at scraps and <laughs> Okay. I think it's got that a works. good ring to it. It's 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 got room to grow into, like a like like shoes you get when you're a small when you're a small young boy. <laughs> well, he hasn't turned on me yet, so I think this is very funny, and I'm going to call you Scrap, and nothing bad will happen to me next. And you're going to be the anime cat.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh no!
1: <laughs> You've yeah, done this no. already. Johnny Podcast, what have you done? <laughs>
0: oh, Johnny, Johnny Pod's old scrap in the anime, Cat. We're here. It's Saturday morning Tuesday. Old scrap I like.
1: Auga. <laughs> oh, no, we can't do that again. I, we're, not, we're not a zoo crew. We're, we're a professional
0: radio outfit. <laughs> we've
1: we've already right. fought in the great Joe Rogan podcast wars. We can't start digging up that. That specter again.
0: <laughs> no, we did a hundred episodes, like we said before we started. We did a hundred episodes, and now we can recycle and then they, and all the And so our they've jokes. mailed, a, and so after you do a hundred episodes, you get you get something in the mail. Ironically, <laughs> Joe uh, Rogan from, sends you a sends you a gold
1: placard. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, that didn't no no. Happen. As soon as you filmed, a, as soon as you've recorded a hundred podcasts, um, people have to take their headphones out on the bus and talk to you when you're trying to say <laughs> hi to them. I think that's how Shit. it works now. Shit. Yeah.
0: No, mm-hmm. that sounds that sounds awful.
1: Yeah, well, they, they, they take cat, their so headphones to out to me anyway. Right, and they say, "I'll have you know, I've done a hundred podcasts."
0: <laughs> when you, uh, when you, when you go to a, a business luncheon and you get one of those "Hi, my name is" stickers, you can just write a hundred podcasts, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and G-codes. then they have to
0: call you sir. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's it. That's how it works.
0: Rory This is, great. This is working Rory, out Rory Your name's Rory And my name's Andy Nah no, I am I was Rory And now I'm really committed To being Johnny Pods
1: the, Okay the, Johnny
0: the, the heat slinging king The heat singing king Of this crew <laughs> The guy The guy The guy with thick 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 sunglasses And big oh, boots I've I got big, really big boots The anticipation I... was killing me When you said thick 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 <laughs> I want I... Then you nailed it with sunglasses, and I had we were able to continue this episode. I would never titillate you because you're you're an (laughs) anime cat, and that would give me that would make me feel upset. (laughs) Oh, gee, (laughs) Willis. you you did this. This is the greatest Uh, mistake of my of my 100 episodes. All right, Rory, plug your ears. (laughs) Your name's Rory. I'm Andy, and that over there, and I'm Austin. Austin. Yeah, and this is this is a new arc. We've started a new arc. We did 100 episodes. This is October 1st. Rory, tell us what we're doing. Okay, so uh because it's October, because it's the, the evil spring where where our plants turn to dust and, and uh <laughs> Father Winter comes for us with his wet whispers, well we are <laughs> watching
1: <laughs> <laughs> No uh, we're gonna be uh, watching Cold we're, gonna be watch... <laughs> we're gonna be watching a show that really
0: kind of Encompasses all of that, all of that into into, into one one box, one new little box, and that box is called Over the Garden Wall, and it's a, a bit of a departure from our show's model, but, um, a cartoon that we all loved before, much before, kind of reinvigorating our general, cartoon enthusiasm, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a it's a good it's a good one to it's a good one to check out because it's 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 a little niche, but I think a lot of people have heard about it by now well, but when it came out it, it just sort of fell out of Cartoon Network's butthole and and they they walked away <laughs> and tried to hide it
1: yeah it was their <laughs> yeah. first mini series limited mini series event yeah uh, they're kind of trying some out and uh, but then they
0: didn't really try anything out right like they kind of stopped doing them yeah they... <laughs> they I guess they haven't really done any other ones no <laughs> Uh, I think so. I think it's worth mentioning we have all seen this show, so that's another departure from our normal structure. Uh, I think usually at least one of us has not seen the show that we watch, and we've all right. watched this show, some of us multiple times. And I think it's interesting because I mean we wanted to do something harvesty, and I think this is possibly the harvestiest. This of, is the harvestiest show. That was sort of where what got us here to begin with. Yeah, and boy. I think I think we're we're all you know I don't I don't want to leave you in suspense. We all love this show a lot. Uh, I think there's a lot to there's a lot to love. I think anyone, even people who aren't normally into cartoons, I think this show has a lot to offer you. And even just visually, it's a really interesting show. And we'll obviously we'll talk about a lot about it. But I'm really stoked that we're doing it.
1: Yeah, I'm pumped. I'm pretty pumped about it. I'm gonna tear it apart. <laughs> no. No. Can't you can't? No. You can't. I, I won't. I won't really. Not really, no. All it's
0: right, good. the year is twenty fourteen. Uh okay. So we're not doing that. This is the, okay. this show. This show, uh, like we said, it, it was a it's a mini series, which is very interesting. Cartoon Network does not really do that, um, and it was nobody at, really does that, especially for cartoons. Yeah, especially for except, cartoons. I mean, it, except for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's kind of yeah. It. Yeah, Teenage Ninja Turtles. And then, obviously, Adventure Time was already very popular when they did their little miniseries side seasons. Mm-hmm. Oh, I that's, just, the that's just a way that they're making that. the show, you know? Ex- exactly, right. right? So, like, it's not like it's self-contained or anything. I don't know. I don't know if I can come up with <laughs> Vitor. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, no, that failed. And then they tried to pass it off like they were being cool. And, no, it was a limited miniseries. Like, yeah. no, dog, it just didn't didn't get, pick, didn't get picked up. Vital, oh, you know who only did that? Five episodes. Uh, <laughs> four, four. Deborah maybe. Messing. <laughs>
0: Deborah Messing did a show that was like kind of mediocre. Um, and then when the Emmy season came around, uh, they, sub- they submitted as a miniseries instead of a mediocre comedy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I like <laughs> that. got a bunch
0: of awards. That's hell great. yeah. Be a big fish in a small pond. That's <laughs> how you do it. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Emmys, this show did win the Emmy. It won the Emmy for Outstanding Animated Cartoon. Uh, crazy that I, I love. I love that it actually won. I feel like the Emmys don't really give like the actual interesting content the the win very often.
1: Yeah. No, um. but as much
0: as as much as a children's c- cartoon can be Oscar bait, this kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> true.
1: That's true. Yeah it it is the it's the cartoon equivalent of the uh, you know sort of an English patient kind of a movie. <laughs>
0: Now, I want to point out the Emmys are not necessarily where a cartoon really gets its, you know, goes through the gauntlet as far as awards go. That's the uh that's the 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 Teen Choice Awards and it did lose that year to Family Guy. So
1: That's incredibly disappointing. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, the teens spoke. I don't know that, that, yeah. that, that <laughs> they made the, they made their choice.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh yeah, so you win the Emmy but lose the Teen Choice and eh, you know
1: I feel like it's just Nick Cannon deciding if he likes something
0: or not. <laughs> it's just him in a room, like an all orange room. He's on that Nickelodeon couch. <laughs>
1: I Bring know more slime.
0: Like... <laughs> <laughs> Where's my flome?
1: <phloem? laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody free him, right? Somebody has to take <laughs> over so that he can leave.
0: <laughs> free Nick Cannon. He's had long enough.
1: <laughs> uh... Kill
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy uh over the garden wall let's talk about it this is uh it was actually so there was a 2013 pilot that they made um, oh I didn't know I've, that have either of you guys watched it no uh no so they they actually so this is uh the the the, the show is made by a guy named uh, Patrick McHale who was one of the big writers on Adventure Time and he had an animated short about 10 minutes long that he uh, made with Cartoon Network, it was sort of like its own little one-off thing, and they put it. They gave they put it through some festivals, and it was called Tome of the Unknown Harvest Melody." Huh. And uh, sounds it, like an anime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Has enough words to be. Uh, but it's it's this show. It is it is over the garden wall. It stars Wirt and Greg with Elijah Wood and, uh, and Colin Dean. Um, it's got a different voice for Beatrice the bird. Uh, and. Yeah, it's just it's almost like a. It could just easily have been one of the episodes, but they made it in 2013, and that's how like it started, and it was just a a one-off thing. And Patrick was trying to get Cartoon Network to take it first, like as a movie, and then that sort of fell through, and he got busy with Adventure Mm -hmm. Time, and then he he wanted to do it as like an 18 episode season. Uh, and he maybe th- thought he might have multiple seasons, but uh, then Cartoon Network talked him down and like they budgeted and did some stuff and they made it a 10 episode series and they said it was going to be limited and this was going to be it. And to to be honest, I think that that was a win because yeah, being able to have, tell one whole story in 10 episodes and like split the money that they had evenly over a smaller chunk, I think made the whole thing a better quality. I mean, it, it's uh, impossible to say exactly what the perfect number of episodes would have been or seasons or any of that. That being mm-hmm. said, I, th- I think part of Over the Garden Wall's charm is certainly not just its limitedness, but its defiantly own lengthedness, you know? <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> it, When you write a book, you don't try to hit an exact page. That would be crazy. You, yeah. finish, you finish the book when you finish the story, and then that's it. And right. this feel, feels kind of more in that uh, vein of thinking of, like, let's tell our story, and it will take as long as it takes, and when it's done, it's done. Um, Agreed. And, and, and yeah. that I can appreciate.
1: Also, if we're just talking about the charm of it is also, um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to love about this show, but also the the mystery of it. And the fact that so much isn't explored, and that so much is left uh, unexplained and kind of lives in this very interesting place uh, mm-hmm. is is the thing that keeps you thinking about it once it's over. Totally, and yeah. uh, that is something you don't see a lot, and you you get that it, from this.
0: It's especially it's especially a, a a a failing of a lot of modern fantasy this urge to explain everything. And, yes, and. Yeah. Not allow things to live as metaphor. It's like, no, we have to explain how the magic works. Teach me how the <laughs> magic, magic works. System. I need but, to know. Uh, but how many points does he, it? He casts take? the jewels from his <laughs> left arm, and he draws that summons the symbol. Orbitrox, the jewel man. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody only cares. Four times a day, but five on Sundays. Uh <laughs> I, I I we need to we need to give a little bit of context before we keep going off, uh, you know, for people who maybe have no idea what the hell this show is. But I do want right, to. Right, that's you my about bad. It. So
1: Orbitrox, no, no, the no. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, no. Uh, let him finish. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't get away this easy. He's got to explain Orbitrox.
0: <laughs> oh no, no, I, I don't want to hear it. I'm. He's down. the man made it's of jewels. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> right. Uh, so, I, I just want to tell you one thing you missed by not having watched the pilot. Maybe we'll find a way to watch it at some point. It's really cool. Uh, the the main thing that you missed is that there's a man made of vegetables who has a guitar that he plays, and his name is John Crops. <laughs> I That is fun. That is very fun. And he, Although he has I a, kind a, of... a car. He has a car made of watermelons and cucumbers. I feel a little hoodwinked <laughs> right now because we spent all week discussing the sh- the episodes we're going to watch, and Andy never once brought up this you know this unaired pilot, and I was like, you guys really missed I cannot believe you guys wouldn't have watched this in preparation for this show. <laughs> no, no how I could just... you have done this to me. Your best friend I... Andrew Davison. Old I anime found... cat. Andrew Davison the anime cat. <laughs> I, I found this online today and I watched it when You've I was in, a, in a lift. Me. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay. So here's here's a as, as as top level of an overview as I can give to over the garden wall before we transition to an episode,
1: and and also just imagine this is this is somebody at Cartoon Network, this is an animator trying to pitch to millionaires to produce yeah. this idea.
0: So the main the main idea. So so I think more important than the plot uh, of this show is kind of like how it comes off and the feel and the setting, atmosphere, it's got the, atmosphere, it, atmosphere, atmosphere. It is incredible. Incredibly good with its atmosphere. Oh, gee, are you which... also a fan of my favorite rapper, Atmosphere? <laughs> <laughs> I am, uh, but that, that's neither here nor there, Rory. I, I'm <laughs> sorry, Johnny Pods. Johnny uh, Pods. <laughs> and so this is imagine, imagine like 1800s America, kind of. It's got this whole like old timey vibe. It almost looks like like they animated like an ad for an old Edison phonograph, or like like the the packaging on a bag of cornmeal you know like that this is yeah. the kind of like
1: 1910 um silent film with the title cards that pop up yeah. uh, but more but more midwest mm-hmm. you know and middle america
0: it's really it's really interesting it's a it's a very musical show uh they've got a lot of like interesting kind of like Somewhere between like uh, you know Dixieland or folk music or you know they've got a lot of like bassoon and clarinet going on. It's it's a really cool vibe and it's and unlike you know anything that I've ever piano, seen. Made for kids,
1: you know that piano is Rinky Tink is all hell.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like I I don't know I I dig this. It's really twee. Let's be honest, <laughs> the the show sure. is pretty twee, uh, almost criminally so in some t- in some moments. But it's also so like. Off kilter, funny, and then scary, and then charming—that you kind of buy in anyway. Like it's such a success in terms of, uh, in terms of, like you said, like atmosphere and and everything that like you almost forget that it has this major star power at the middle because they got Elijah Wood as the main character and then Christopher yeah. Lloyd and
1: oh like, yeah, the voice cast fucking slaps. It's great. It slaps.
0: There's so many things about the show that slap. Uh, oh, well, I would say too. You know, uh, Elijah Wood sort of has a bit of a record for you know. Having gone from being a child star to to Lord Frodo of the Lord of the Rings, I don't know that <laughs> since Lord of the Rings he's done anything that he hasn't just straight up wanted to have be in the world, you know? Yeah, like this <laughs> totally. Man, this, he just, all he does is find projects he likes and just fucking makes them happen. So you got re- to throw some respect for our, for our best friend Frodo Baggins. I Absolutely.
1: do. Uh, the thing I'll say is that, like, what I'm really impressed by with the atmosphere and the style decisions is that none of it feels like a parody of anything. None of it feels like they, this sort of secondhand decision to crib some other specific style. You know they've oh, really yeah. sort of very impressively sort of cobbled together this very unique, um, patchwork of influences and, and things and something that is so wholly its own. Yeah. Um, that is, again, super rare and especially rare for kids entertainment.
0: I uh, I looked over, as I always do, I start at the Wikipedia page for a show and then I follow it to secondary sources and, and have a good time and then realize I need to actually watch the show and I don't have time to prep for our episode. And I go, ah, uh, but I found uh, there were a couple of really cool quotes from people who were reviewing the show. And I thought it like like good words, like really good words that, that they found to describe it. And I loved that they said it had a contemporary strangeness. And art, artisanal quality and artisanal. Uh, yeah, which I think is like, yeah, it sounds silly, but that's real. Like it feels real. Like somebody like sat and whittled this show into existence. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and that it's creepy, but it was really ambitious. It, it is a very ambitious cartoon. Uh, and I really would be interested to know how many like kids actually watched and enjoyed it, because I think this is good entertainment for adults.
1: It is. Yeah. Which is why it's sometimes if, you know, if I have critiques of the show, it's easy to stop myself, you know, hard to stop myself because it's like this just reads like an adult show. You know, this totally. doesn't really read like a kid show. And then at times it's like, well, I feel like at times the like, oh, fuck, fucking shut <laughs> up. This is like <laughs> this is a cartoon show for babies. Like, but it's not.
0: No. But it's not, and and it's it's always hard to to toe that line. I think, you know, ultimately the only choice you can make is 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 this good for me, and kind of, you know, talk about it that way. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, when it fails, because not everything you know does, you know, right. when a show is for kids and you find something you like out of it anyway, usually it's in it's in spite of being for kids, not because of it. You know. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and this draws so well on folktale and it it just is such a it doesn't have to compromise really anything to reach multiple audiences.
0: Mhm. Uh and well wh- I think I think we can talk about we can talk about the uh the actual details of the plot and stuff when we transition in. I, I it's if we haven't already given you kind of like a like a I don't know, like a Pinterest board view of what <laughs> the show is like. <laughs> Uh, please if you haven't seen the first episode of this show like pause go watch the episode it's so worth it and this will make a lot more sense but also uh, the episodes
1: are 11 minutes long yeah, yeah it's, it's super so easy, easy.
0: oh and it's cake. on Hulu it's on Hulu everybody's got Hulu go watch it let's, so, let's, tra- let's fall let's... right in oh okay
2: led through the mist by the milk light of moon oh That was lost Is revealed Our long bygone burdens Mere echoes of the spring But where have we come And where shall we end If dreams can't come true Then why not pretend How the gentle wind beckons through the leaves As autumn colors fall Somewhere lost in the clouded annals of history Lies a place that few have seen A mysterious place called the unknown where long-forgotten stories are revealed to those who travel through the wood.
1: Well, listen, my podcasting comrades, Johnny Pods and the anime cat, it's just <laughs> yeah. me, it's the old scrap, it's your, your junkyard friend. And uh, I've, I've come out of my junkyard to, uh, uh, to tell you about the first episode of Over the Garden Wall. This is chapter one, called The Old Grist Mill. And here is the blurb, and it's a very long one.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. (sighs) Wirt and Greg, along with a frog that Greg attempts to name, are lost in a forest and are met by a talking bluebird and later a woodsman. They are informed by the old woodsman that they are lost in the unknown and warns them of the beast, taking them to his oil mill. Wirt and Greg decide to stay the night, but problems arise when Greg leaves a trail of candy that a wolf, which they mistakenly believe to be the beast, follows them. Greg knocks out the woodsman. The two brothers run from the wolf resulting in the destruction of the mill and the wolf being squeezed and returned to its original form, a dog. The woodsman, angry that their action, <coughs> angry at their actions but still forgiving, tells them to follow the path but warns them to beware the beast as he and the two brothers go their different ways. The brothers keep on rambling as they walk through the woods as a bluebird watches them in the trees. I think that's almost like frame by frame of uh, this 11 minutes. <laughs>
0: Um, but like already, how dreamlike does this show sound mm-hmm. like just with just on that? Like, it's such a cool vibe and it's very fairy tale in the, in its presentation. But then the dialogue is so like, like faux old with a contemporary sensibility. I I don't even know. We'll probably drop a lot of quotes in over the course of this discussion. Oh, yeah. And maybe get a, I mean, get a taste of it. Yeah. Are absolutely. you guys familiar I mean, with uh, with literary nonsense? Maybe. Uh, I mean, I mean, what, what do you mean by it? Uh, it's sort of a comedy style. It doesn't really have to be comedy style, but, but especially in comedy, it's, it's a kind of way to, so if you've got, you know, normal comedy, which is just a, a, an unexpected thing happens. Right. And that's kind of the punchline. So Mm -hmm. it reveals it or something unexpected or it reveals some kind of truth you knew. Right. And, Mm -hmm. uh. And then you've got, like, on the far end of the spectrum is, like, absurdity and absurdism where there, there is no fundamental truth. Just the zaniest thing possible happens at every mm. instance, right? Literary yeah. nonsense kind of goes back down where it takes – it starts from a place of weirdness and then tries to treat it as perfect – treat it as normal and, mm. and, and handle it, kind of reveal those same truths about the world, I guess. And that's something you see – all of the time in Over the Garden Wall is is a weird world behaving in a believable way. It doesn't ever try to behave. It doesn't try to one up the weirdness, right? Right. It starts like the, It starts weird and takes you back to a place where it feels explained and reasonable. Yeah, and I think I don't want to. I don't want to get too English one hundred and one on this, but we are talking about did. a really fun show. You did. Yeah. I, I think. I think that's a. I think that's a cool. It's a cool technique because it's kind of metaphorical about about what the show is doing, because like the kids are found themselves in very strange circumstances that present themselves immediately immediately as strange. And then they have to, like, engage with it somehow on like a real personal level and like kind of join in in a way that makes sense and move on. Like, I feel like that's every episode. Like they get confronted with the weird stuff and then they, you know, work. Wirt calms down and <laughs> helps Greg and then they they kind of they figure their way through it and in, in a very it feels a very like very grounded when whenever they you know whatever path they end up taking it's it's fun.
1: Yeah I, I so let's let's actually talk about Wirt and Greg so our, our core of this show come down to the brothers Wirt and Greg uh, Greg mm-hmm. is a very young sort of fellow um, played by a, a very young voice actor who uh, I always love when they get a, a real little kid to be a little kid. Hell Yeah. You can't really imitate that, really. I mean, there's just no no uh, real alternative. Um, and depending on the kind of kid, you know. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, sometimes sometimes it doesn't pan out so well.
1: No, but um, but in this case, yeah, the the kid who plays Greg is is amazing. Um, and both on the part of the writing and the the actor, everything Greg says is basically instant catchphrase. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think I think Greg has the same uh it's it's a very different character but it has the same like effect as Catbug does in uh, Bravest Warriors where you've mm-hmm. got a very clearly young kid reading words that are very clearly written by like a an adult and <laughs> like the the um the so mismatch there <laughs> Yeah, the mismatch there is really fun, you know, because you hear you hear Greg saying all these weird old colloquialisms like, Well, ain't that just the way? And it just it's so precious coming out of a tiny kid's mouth that you like you instantly love Greg. Well there's yeah, a you absolutely. know, there's a hint of truth to to that too, in the sense that I maybe mean, maybe not those exact old old timey phrases, but like the you know, the way kids start to talk is emulation. Like they're always mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. quoting weird shit they don't understand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean and yeah, the yeah, kids parrot stuff all the time.
0: Yeah. You know? So there's a, um, yeah, there's a
1: there's
0: a fairness to it that I think is mm-hmm. Greg yeah. is Greg, Greg is definitely kind of sometimes the the only character the show is a little guilty of just kind of hamming a joke into, but it's not yeah. egregious.
1: Right. Well, and and he's also wearing a teapot on his head. He is sort of the <laughs> uh you know, he's the Mad Hatter. He's this. Yeah, well, he's the sort of the absurd as a person. You know, yeah. he's sort of kind of absurdism as a. You know, it's like word is a different style of comedy, and yeah, and, and then he, Greg is meanwhile, yeah, literally has a teapot in his head, says yeah. silly things all the time, <laughs> <He> introduces <laughs> chaos into the plot.
0: Greg is like, uh, Greg is like the agent of chaos all the time, and we see in right. this first episode he has this moment of like, un like unintentional malicious compliance. Where like they talk about a plan and then Wurt's like no 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 that's a bad plan and then like three minutes later in the episode Greg does the plan and he's like <laughs> why are you doing that and he's like oh that's what you said we were doing it's like no Greg we canceled that like a long time ago what are you doing this is the worst possible moment <laughs> like Greg is yeah. Greg is that energy like all the time and it's 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 funny it's funny but I totally get what you're saying Rory like they can well they can go it, you a little you, too you far. need you need this sort of you need the spirit in a story if if the story were to be about Wurt. Uh, then you would, you would have a character who's too paralyzed by fear and inaction to do anything, and whether it's Greg introducing raw chaos energy or just being, uh, the younger brother who needs saving, is mm-hmm. is the only thing that sort of coerces Wurt into into taking agency in the story.
1: Right, and so where is is the older brother. He's voiced by Elijah Wood. Um, he's sort of a very careful, sort of neurotic. Uh, kind of character uh he's he's more concerned about safety and where they are and getting home um, he's like the
0: embodiment of every time you've been on netflix and you just look at the menu like, <laughs> like <laughs> he's paralyzed by choice at every turn and then is just like immediately upset with how much he can't choose anything and make decisions mm-hmm. and act like a goddamn older brother should
1: yeah, so uh, he's a little hard around the edges. He's kind of uh, can be bristly, can not always be kind. And it's I think it's kind of set up in this first episode that we see he's that just this is like a
0: boy wizard.
1: <laughs> he is <yet>. also <laughs> dressed like a boy wizard. He's got a sort of a, a half cape situation going on the top. And An Irish walking a tall cape? Conical. Yeah. Mm. A, and then a tall conical hat. <laughs> like um, a dunce cap. Right. It does. Yeah. Kind of look like that.
0: But um, it's
1: so, so big, though. <laughs> it, yeah, it's very tall. It's a little more um,
0: wizard-sized.
1: <laughs> Tell yeah, me more okay, about boy Rory.
0: wizards, Rory.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, when we don't know why they're here. We don't know. They, they we haven't given us an origin. They haven't given us a reason why they're lost in the woods, why they're dressed the way they are. Yeah. Um, Where home guess- is.
0: I guess I only wanted to mention what he's wearing because, like, we did just talk about Greg having a teapot on his head. And I kind of feels unfair to point out that, you know, Greg's not in, you know, downtown, no, he's downtown Van Nuys. He's, they're in a, no, they're but, in a magical forest. And he's it just meant it's a little more, you know, totally. yeah. Yeah. when we talk about but treating, it's not a treating, teapot, teapot, the, treating the silliness as normal. It, it's right. The world isn't constantly calling attention to the teapot on his head.
1: Yeah. No. Oh, and so uh, Greg also has a frog. Um, yeah that he has somehow absconded with and, and doesn't the, have a name frog,
0: for the frog is the narrator of the show and sings the theme yes. and in the very first moments of the of the show we see we sort of like do this cool you know like matrix camera circles around the um this upright piano and the frog is playing it and then we hear this beautiful song uh he's voiced by a an actual like old famous jazz singer um And uh, Jack Jones, Jack Jones is the guy's name. He's won a Grammy, and so that's kind of fun. And so he uh, he he does this wonderful narration, and like I, I it his like gravelly voice like almost does as much as the visuals to set the tone of this show.
1: Yeah, and the visuals that we're getting is a series of vignettes happening over this song, and we have no context for what these vignettes are. And and having watched the show and going back, some of them I still. Uh, didn't have context. I still was trying to remember what the the connection was to Mm -hmm. later episodes because they are these kind of vague. Yeah, they're like glimpses glimpses of the future or of themes or of characters that we either will see later or, um, you know, getting getting some kind of preview for the atmosphere of the show. And again, I just love that mystery. I love that vagueness to it that doesn't um, check every box at the end of the show.
0: For sure, so let's get into let's get into a bit of what happens um so they're 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 wandering they're lost in this woods, and it seems like Wirt is sort of suddenly having this realization that they're lost, um which again lends to the the kind of like what where even are we kind of vibe of this first episode because it's like how did you not realize you were lost like how long have you been lost? We don't get any of that information at all, right, um, and they do and <sighs> That's so brilliant for one, because we're down to 11 minutes. So you've really got to be economical with your, with your time. Mm -hmm. And, and the even smarter observation is who gives a fuck Uh, (laughs) is, is any joke? Like, like if you think even just the starting the story with Greg already captured and under, or Greg having already captured the frog.
1: uh, Yeah.
0: You can think of so many shows and movies and books and every other piece of media that suffered from thinking we needed to see the frog get caught and we just mm-hmm, fucking mm-hmm. don't we just right. don't it wouldn't it well, wouldn't make any joke better you could you could add something there that's funny and interesting but the the fact that it happens is not the or is is not something that needs to be seen
1: well yeah. and also Rory i think maybe you can relate to this too but basically the worst and hardest thing to write and it always sucks to hear is dialogue that's just plot explanation sure and and that does you know nothing other than again sets up something that they couldn't show and yeah. have no kind of no choice but to. All right, here this is why we're here, and this is what we're doing, and here we are.
0: Well, the choices don't do it, but this is this is going to start rehashing old arguments. Well, exactly, <laughs> well,
1: exactly. But but so the fact that they they cut a lot of that out is really nice. and yeah. we, we get do to actually. We take get our one time line to get there.
0: We get one line from Wirt, uh that, in retrospect, is almost like exposition like he's like now that i've seen the entire show a couple times i know what he's referring to and he says a thing mm-hmm. at the beginning of this episode but in the moment it just seems like kind of weird un- nonsensible color like we don't have context and we kind of forget it but maybe it gives us an insight into how work talks and like he's being kind of poetic and where it's got this weird like when he when he's not thinking about it he's he kind lost of, like, love or yeah, he, like, lapses into some weird, like, poetic voice delivery. Like, it's, <laughs> it's interesting, but, like, it is exposition now. I know that it is, but we don't if we're watching this the first time.
2: Though I am lost, my wounded heart resides back home in pieces strewn about the graveyard of my lost love.
0: So I, f- I think that's really cool. It's sort yeah. of, like, non- non-literal storytelling. Right. And that's kind of, that that is what you learn, is that what's happening now is is, is sort of a parable. Uh, It it is not going to be, uh, uh, the strangeness is not necessarily real.
1: Now, the one thing we do know is that they are in a place called the unknown. And as the The Frog narrator says, a place called the unknown where long forgotten stories are revealed to those who travel through the wood.
0: And if that's not just a giant indicator that this show is a metaphor, then like... Yeah. I don't know what you're doing,
1: right? <laughs> and it kind of, it's like, it'll give you goosebumps a little bit. You know, it's that mm-hmm. kind of, like, a good story feel. I don't know. I mean, well, I don't... And,
0: it, and it also shows these snips of characters from every episode, that we, you know, that we will see. Yeah. And yeah. I think it drives home that this is meant to be experienced as a as a single piece of work, right? Yes. That's like, the, this, the, all of this is the unknown. So, remember that as you... Watch this. Mm hmm. Yeah. So. OK, so they they quickly come across uh, an old woodcutter who's kind of mumbling and singing to himself by the lantern light that he's carrying. And this is Christopher Lloyd doing a very, very interesting performance. I don't know if I don't know if we can blame Christopher Lloyd's age or if it's an acting choice on how much he's slurring his words, but it's it's <laughs> kind of effective in the characterization. I think sometimes it's really yeah. hard to tell what the woodcutter is saying.
2: Everyone has a torch to burn. And this here is mine. I grind the horrid Adelwood trees into oil to keep this lantern lit. This is my lot in life. This is my burden. This guy sounds loony.
0: I had the subtitles on and I learned new things this time. I was like, oh <laughs> what? Yeah. He he says that
1: <laughs> Well, he's also introducing concepts like the Adelwood tree, and that's not yeah. really ever given a lot of time to breathe. Um Actually, also to be fair, I I would say the entire show so far has a hard time breathing. With the, the first episode is a little cluttered. Yeah. Um. With with this short, like we've we've looked at short episodes before, or or regular episodes versus long episodes, and and how mm-hmm. writers deal with spacing out if they have enough content for their runtime or too much. And I think this is a case where. At least at the beginning they had too much content and
0: yeah well so when i I just praised it for you know of uh not showing uh not showing them catch the bird or not showing them catch the frog, yeah, but we right. do kind of see them m- meet the bird for yes. for no reason mm-hmm. they, we don't we don't actually meet uh meet her uh, beatrice, Mar- beatrice till the next episode right um, and and interesting in a meaningful way. I don't want to keep talking about the pilot that you guys haven't watched, but they it is like what you are asking for in that moment. Like the pilot has them all already know each other. They're all on some sort of adventure already. And the pilot is like a diversion from an adventure that we don't get to see. Uh, I got that. I get that impression because I I think it's strong. Yeah, Uh, because for the rest of the show, they they treat that the 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 triad. Of of where Beatrice and Greg so clearly was meant is the core of the show. Yeah, that uh, it's it's no wonder that they knew they had to introduce her, but that didn't quite fit well because it was supposed to just be something taken as truth from the beginning. Mm
1: -hmm. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was a little awkward. Um. To yeah, do a little meeting and then go right into the woodsman. Uh, but so they, so, I mean, Greg has been, has had candy in his pants for some reason. He's been (laughs) dropping a trail of candy. Um, again, he's just a catchphrase machine. Um, and so, but they go to the woodsman's cabin. He leaves a trail of candy on the way there. Um, they talk to the woodsman a bit. Um, Greg has a great,
0: oh yeah, go, go go ahead.
1: Greg has a great line at some point where his frog is gone and he says, Ah oh, beans, where is that frog of mine? <laughs>
0: and he doesn't he doesn't say it like someone with an accent like ah oh, beans, where is that frog of mine. He says it so straight. Ah oh,
2: beans, where is that frog of mine?
0: And <laughs> and it's so fucking good.
1: It's I, delicious.
0: The woodcutter is a character that will recur throughout this show. Uh, Christopher yeah. Lloyd of course comes back. They're not going to use him as a one off and then let him go. Um and he tells them that his whole deal, his whole existence <laughs> is that he has to keep his lantern lit. And to do that, he needs the oil from adelwood trees. And so he goes out and gathers adelwood branches, uses this mill to grind them into oil and then uses the oil to light his lantern. That seems to be his entire life. And a- again, it's like that dreamlike quality for this world building, but like, he seems like he's got a lot of weird old stuff going on and like a clearly very tortured person.
1: Yeah, he's a very uh, haunted soul.
0: Mm-hmm. And he he is he wastes no time telling them that they have made a mistake coming here, that they need to get out, that they're, you know, he, they, they say he says something like, like, you're more lost than you realize. And that that's foreboding. He's 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 the harbinger at the start of the start of the fairy mm-hmm. tale. It says, "Get Absolutely. out now, get out now, mm-hmm. young young spru- young spruce." Yeah.
1: Oh, the old McKinley Manor—it's been haunted for a hundred years now. Ever since that old clown went there. Ever since the old clown went there, curled all those people. <laughs> and said, "I'm haunting this place from now I'm gonna on." I'm going to stay here and haunt it for a bit.
0: <laughs> um, uh, I know we so, sc- I know this is going back a little bit but I want to say this. Uh, one of the first things we hear in this episode is is Greg listing off n- like bad names for his frog that he's not right. going to call the
1: frog. <laughs> yeah, this is how the show uh, begins. So we meet Greg.
0: We meet Greg by him listing off bad names for his frog and they do include names like salami, penguin, Steve and legface McCullen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's just one yeah, it's, it's just some <laughs> of the bad names, the worst names for the frog. Leg Face McCullen is. I wish that
0: his frog was named that. That would be
1: a good one. Yeah. But
0: yeah. Okay. So they make it to the mill, and the the woodcutter lets them stay.
1: Yes, but he does warn them about the beast. Ooh, the beast. He does not really articulate what the beast is right now. He just knows it's a thing to be very afraid of. Um. They they do debate. Yeah. They talk about maybe knocking out the woodcutter. Wirt is. Terrified of this man, justifiably. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's a real, real kind of a creepazoid, and so he's he's not super at peace with the idea of staying here and hanging out with the with the woodsman. Um, so he pitches a couple ideas, uh, like knocking him out. And at that point, Greg sort of gets into motion, um, yeah. a plan, <laughs> a, a plan later. Um,
0: yeah, he's gonna knock him out because Greg right. is a Greg is a doer, and Wurt is a worrier. Mm-hmm. Like w- no sooner do the words leave Wart's mouth about like yeah maybe we could knock him out he's instantly going no that's a, that's a terrible idea that would never work that's horrible we should not do that oh, right. is there some like, kind of nickname for somebody who worries all the time Andy a worry wart <laughs> oh my god oh, <laughs> oh somebody just got an A in English <laughs> that's my thesis statement. <laughs> So, okay, so everything, the, the action of the, the episode picks up speed when Greg goes outside because he's looking for his frog-o-mine. Where is that frog-o-mine? And uh, we hear some growling out in the woods. Uh, Greg ends up finding his frog in an empty barrel, and he climbs in, and then the growling gets closer, and then we see this, what we assume to be the beast, and it's this huge, horrible like wolf face with like these giant glowing eyes. and Terrifying all- dog. Greg is like at the bottom of this barrel, just terrified. But he says,
1: "You have beautiful eyes." <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have beautiful eyes, which
0: is just such a good reaction. I love it. Yeah, um, and yeah. Then, then we have uh, an action sequence where they're trying to deal with this giant, horrible wolf monster.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, there are times when the swiftness of everything happening works in the show's favor, where. Mm-hmm a case of where like, oh, you have beautiful eyes is just like as a quick side note, <laughs> doesn't doesn't give a show the time to kind of ham up a funny line and, and take a reaction and do all of these things that I think were can can kill a joke. Yeah. Um if you spend too much time like jerking off about how funny the the joke is. <laughs> you know? Um but at 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 times this show throws out so many lines where like every line is technically funny or cute or interesting or or clever that you don't have any time to like sit with it and
0: no it's true uh it it can
1: be a little overwritten
0: i think you can tell when a joke like when a uh, maybe a joke would have been better that it it just kind of got hurt it kind of got hurt on the cutting floor Mm because i would have to imagine you know that the script i mean not explicitly has uh a little more breathing room, but certainly right, beats, room for more it. beats in it that you think are going to yeah. be there. Yeah. yeah, it just kind of gets gets condensed by how how frantic the show is and and how you know every single frame of an animated show costs money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I, I think, and if you I like think a line, only... you're not going
1: to cut the line. You're going to cut all the time in between. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: I think the only the only counter argument to saying that that's a that's a, a a bad thing is that in a way. The swiftness with which they get these weird lines out kind of is like, that's how people talk in this world. And it kind of helps uh, on, on a review. You can like enjoy more of the dialogue. And it, I think I think it shares something with Arrested Development in that way, where it's like too dense with stuff that's really funny, uh, though. I think that's generally navigated. It's being overwritten like uh, better. Than mm-hmm. over the garden wall does. Right, I I, I do think it, it lends something interesting when you watch it again. Like yeah. sure, I find yeah, something absolutely. new to appreciate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so like Wirt tries to throw potatoes at this thing. That's clearly a bad idea. It's very large, and it, and we find out that of course the giant monster has shown up here because it has been following the candy trail that Greg left so that they could find their way back if they were lost or more lost. And so Wirt's mad at Greg, uh, but they managed to lure it into the like the big water wheel on the mill and it like squeezes and oh, I... grotesque. Oh, it's so <laughs> grotesque. And I guess the it was a normal dog that in sort of a very Princess Mononoke kind of way was um corrupted by accidentally swallowing a turtle. It's hard to tell. It's like, but it's it's like, like a not whole a very tale turtle. we don't get to hear. It's right. this yeah. magic it's a magic Inky turtle, black
1: turtle, turtle yeah. that yeah it doesn't look normal that we
0: saw earlier it's completely kind of unnoticed at the time uh we see the turtle get inked get uh, really yeah cuz so at the very beginning uh Greg puts a candy on it and then later we see a black turtle with the little bump on his back oh, oh. interesting yeah so there's there's little there's little things like that i i i want to go back and watch now cuz i want to look at that i wasn't right. paying attention um yeah and so Greg, Greg thinks the, the dog's going to be his best friend. But then the dog just gets the hell out of there. And Greg says,
1: ain't that just the way? Oh, I still quote that. <laughs> ain't that just the
0: way? And the woodcutter tells them that that's not the beast. They're like, "Yeah, hey, we, we killed the beast for you. And it's like, no, that's not the beast. The beast is horrible. He stalks
2: like the night. He sings like the four winds. He's the death of hope. He steals that children.
0: And that really that really takes us like if we weren't already kind of in like this creepy zone, like we yeah. really start feeling like we're in a grim fairy tale. Well, yeah, Z, right. we, we went from being inexplicitly in a fairy tale to explicitly in a fairy tale.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and there's also the line that the woodsman tells Wirt at the end. He says, you are responsible. You're the elder child. Right. But that's, and that's also, again, putting him sort of on on a trajectory on, on sure. setting up where his character might need to go
0: yes yeah yeah his that's his that's his that's his uh instruction to work and then his instruction to greg is to give that frog a real name <laughs>
1: yeah well <laughs> he, goes, he also okay. says to go north go north look for a town mm-hmm. uh, yeah and other other sort of grim tidings he just kind find of episode things. two <laughs> <laughs> well yeah let's find episode two
0: yeah I'm i'm into it but first but first we need to make some money because, well, we need it.
1: Hey, gang. Hey, guys. How's it going? Um, uh, it's been a while since we've had a sponsor, so we're pretty broke right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, this, let's not, not record this. Let's not not put this on air, but this, it's we are just so out of money, you guys. It's a huge problem. So um, we need to put together a sponsor real quick. I've got one. It's sort of a shady sponsor.
0: I've fashioned a coat out of corn husks, and it's all I can wear.
1: Okay, well, I've got something better. Uh, Maybe, Rory, uh, you you saw the fax I sent you about the new sponsor. Um, I got
0: it. I got it on the ticker tape.
1: Okay, good. Rory, can you tell us about the Caramel Secret?
0: The Caramel Secret, everybody, is a great new way for you to get that sticky juice all inside your body without having to get it get it on your teeth and your mouth get it get that sticky get that caramel all over your sticky teeth and then oh man Wait, you, yeah you bypass the mouth somehow <laughs> you bypass the mouth and just get it down down into the down inside your into your guts where it can start to do it's good caramel work oh, it, does, God, yes. it, it does the good it does the lord of caramel's sweet justice inside your body <laughs> <laughs> so oh, praise him Praise be upon him and his, and his, and his, uh, his, his sweet, his sweet, his sweet treats. So anyway, so here's the, here's the thing about the Carmel Secret. Are you guys familiar with The Secret? Oprah's best friend, uh, who made up a way to, uh, to get boats?
1: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> friend just of the show, it, The Secret. It's just for boats. <laughs> Oprah's best friend,
0: Oprah's best friend, and Boat Whisperer, The Secret, <laughs> Came up with a way to really apply this technique through caramelization, through, through, through consuming consuming the consuming that 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 you know what you do is you what you do because you know what caramel is right it's just is just old hot sugar
1: yeah right, of course pretty much sometimes it's salty
0: <laughs> sometimes it is salty <laughs> <laughs>
1: you it, when you eat it with your mouth
0: you complete you complete a contract with our god that uh, that converts it into regular uh ho- hopes and prayers uh, and, for sure and the the Carmel secret is a way to really uh, whisper to the dark Lord of Carmel see <laughs> who's got a lot more he's got a lot more sway in the boat community and, uh, and, and, so, so this is a way to get boats too this is this is, this a, is a way to get more boats did the secret
1: boat. did the secret pull like a Bikram yoga and like copyright secrets as a concept and then <laughs> That's I don't just know sort of th- how they corner I don't, the market.
0: I think that's probably a good, big part of how they've got their book on every shelf. But to be honest, I'm not familiar with their underhanded books. You know, book strategy and sure. litigious and litigious uh, secret doing, right? So, secret keeping, <laughs> secret keeping. So what I'm really most familiar with is the way that you can uh, you buy the book and it teaches you how to how to how to eat the
1: caramel in a way that that uh, gives
0: you a boat. <laughs> Keep you <laughs> <boats>.
1: <laughs> Well, that's a secret that's worth keeping. Thanks, Rory. You're welcome. Thought. <laughs> oh, Neko-chan! What are you doing now?
0: <laughs> okay, okay. Sorry, you don't speak anime cat. Uh, this is this is episode two. This is but what Over was the Garden name Wall. of the cat from Sailor Moon? The uh, oh, uh Artemis? No, 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 no. The, the awful not Artemis. F- no, the the the, the, the Rhett Rhett Butler. Butler Rhett Butler <laughs> Rhett Butler and the horrible the <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Okay, this is this is Over the Garden Wall episode two. It's called Hard Times at the Huskin Bee. And here is a blurb for this. Beatrice, a talking bluebird, joins the brothers and their frog after they help her out of a bush. The trio arrive in a strange town, Pottsfield, that appears to be deserted. They find that the town is holding their annual harvest festival in a barn, which is disrupted by their arrival. The residents, who seem to be living pumpkins, sentence the trio to a few hours of manual labor. After being freed, the brothers decide to follow Beatrice to a woman named Adelaide, who she claims can help them get home.
1: So, this is an episode where we really get to know Beatrice. Uh, we kind of really get settled into the core dynamic. And I would say the core um, uh, example of what the show is like, episode by episode. Yeah. Um they wander uh, the to a new of, place. They wander do- to a new place and kind of deal with it, and then they they leave and keep on going. So we kind of we kind of like get quantum that quantum leap. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, because uh. <laughs> every episode has a strong sense of place that I think it has we I don't know about needs to be stated, but certainly could be that you know the, the, this is not a show that takes place on the road. The the no. the road happens between episodes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah they arrive at these lived in places with their own mm-hmm. rules and their own people with their own, like strange everyday lives. And they kind of have to like find their own place in it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they're not going to spend three episodes at a, at the same place. You know, this is always about movement um, right? and new styles and kind of doing new, new things every time. So, uh, this is a really cool episode. I, I enjoyed this one. I think for a lot of people, this was the episode that kind of solidified this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, it, you know, it's hard to get an impression after 11 minutes, you know, and it's like, do I want to sit through the other eight of these or the other nine of well, these? Well,
0: the first one is so frenetic and it's it's so packed with sort of theme and plot and, and, and just, I don't want to say junk, it's stuff that needs to be there. Uh, but episode two, ha- every episode benefits from now, not having to establish any of okay. that. It's right, got yeah. so much more room to take 11 minutes and still feel slow paced.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah. Deliver something memorable. And again, atmospheric. Uh, and this has it in, in spades. Yeah. Sure. Oh yeah. Uh, so I want to talk about Beatrice for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. so we we meet Beatrice, there you know, there's some some quibbling, some brother brother squabbling in the woods, uh and they have some funny dialogue, but uh you know, Word is still just kinda not not having whatever chuckles Greg is trying to trying to dig up. Yeah, and Word
0: does not buy into the Twee bullshit. He has to be dragged kicking and screaming into the, the Americana <laughs> lifestyle.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um but there, speaking of screaming, uh there is the cry for help from Beatrice that uh Greg notices and Beatrice is the bird is stuck in some vines and uh basically needs help. And there's kind of a fun conversation between Beatrice and Greg about uh you know everybody's shocked that she can talk. They're you know the two brothers are not used to talking animals even though it still seems like a magical world but they're (laughs) not used to it and Mm -hmm. uh but they also expect that she's magic of some kind that she's a magic bird and she's like i'm not magic i'm just a bird god (laughs) what is your deal like (laughs) i don't grant wishes yeah
0: And this is uh, this is Melanie Linsky doing the voice, and uh, I tried to find like things that I knew her from, but she's just in a bunch of things that I don't engage with, and then she's, also Two and a Half Men.
1: <laughs> she's been in a bunch of bit parts. I knew her from this is going to be a, a, a deep cut, but I knew her from a, a failed show called Drive that only lasted like five episodes on the air, but it was uh, produced show run by Tim Minear, who was co co did Firefly with Joss Whedon. And so I was at the time when that came out, I was, like, seeing everything connected to Firefly in every possible way. And so Melanie Linsky was in that. Did um, you
0: have one of those phases where, where your identity was Firefly? Like, you were, you were yeah, full on brown coat?
1: Look, it's better <laughs> if we don't talk about it. We've got <laughs> to just
0: call out the basic nerds and we see them.
1: <laughs> you know, look, so the... It, it, see, that's actually a good through line or that's actually a good um segue because i i kind of have a hard time with uh beatrice's character and her writing um i would say it's might be the weakest part of the show is i think the writing and and just sort of beatrice because i've just never clicked with her her dialogue a lot of it feels very rough it kind of feels like the way i wrote in college sometimes if Mm -hmm. i hadn't figured out who a character was and I just kind of write them as, like, quippy and modern. Kind of mean, yeah. And, yeah, and, just kind of sort of kind of mean and not just kind of a lot of verbal filler hey, stuff. Hey, This is the world. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but a lot of, like, um, so, uh, this yeah. is crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. crazy. How um, weird.
0: Well, that yeah. happened.
1: Well, that happened. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that vibe. She takes a joke that I didn't like from this one and kind of resells it to me where... We skip ahead a little bit, but when uh, when Wurt says she's free, she paid her debt to them. She's like, no, you guys weren't in any danger. Like, that doesn't count. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. That was fun because I didn't like the reveal that they weren't really in any danger. That felt kind of a little too hammy. But mm-hmm. then the fact that it doubles down and now hasn't paid off her wish debt kind of yeah. made it. <laughs> it escalated drama in a way that I enjoyed. Yeah, right. Totally.
1: I, I just, I just think there is, since we did bring up Joss Whedon, that that there is this sort of quippiness that happens that sometimes conflicts with the mood or or with the atmosphere yeah. that happens.
0: Well, and I'll tell you, here's here's my issue with Beatrice. I I think that she has superfluous character traits when Wurt is the one that we're supposed to yes. sort of have as the fish out of water who seems like he's is. the most normal, and uh-huh. I think that she's too normal. I think the dialogue is too contemporary and too like, yeah, come on, you guys. Like, let's just go. She's a talking bird in this world. I think it would be way stronger if she had even a a little more like she belonged here and Mm -hmm. works. The only one who like really can't buy in, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like
0: who really feels like outside. And I I think that I think that she's superfluous. I think that's why I don't like her. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I like the character. She does some interesting things later in later episodes that like add to some drama and some interest and and of course she's a main character. well, she's, she's so aloof that and because she's a literal bird who can just leave, yeah uh, the the stakes for her to be involved in the story are always sometimes kind of a reach uh yeah and, until she kind of genuinely learns to care for these boys, and then we're kind mm-hmm. of in on her yeah exactly time.
1: so so by f- being freed from the thorn, she says she owes them. And she's what got a she wants to life do debt. because again she's yes. so
0: aloof that she wouldn't just hang around with them for no reason. They need an actual right. Wookiee life debt for
1: her to be for her to stick <laughs> around. Yeah, um, yeah, and but she says she will take them to Adelaide of the Woods, um, yeah. who can help them uh, get home. And, and this is a, yeah again a very sort of fairy tale setup, mm-hmm. um, a very kind of Wizard of Oz sort of. Um, find your way home by seeking out the, the magical person of the woods kind of, kind now, of situation but
0: this is spoiler 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 what i love the really cool little little dance that happens here is sh-
1: crazy stunts
0: right uh-huh. so and so i really like
1: crazy stunts right Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, So we probably bleeped out what Rory just said. But (laughs) I think I think I think I can I can massage that a little bit to say. Massage it in. Spoiler free. Go ahead. Yeah, Just a little spoiler free. I think what what you get in this episode is the distinct vibe that she's a little disingenuous about everything. Sure. She that she maybe has some she's not telling them everything. And she's not like a perfect actor as Beatrice. I mean. And like she's kind of letting it through but the boys don't notice but we're supposed to um and we know what the payoff is and I think it's more fun Rory was saying that it was more fun uh after the fact to kind of like like he forgave some of the writing because of because of the payoff
1: right uh so so the the place they need to get to uh is a is a village and they come across this village of pottsfield and yeah Pottsfield is uh kind of creepy
0: now, I don't want to skip this. We're dropping a clip in right now. On their way to Pottsfield, Greg, <laughs> Greg asks Beatrice.
1: Do you like waffles? No, waffles make me sick. I eat maggots. Ah! What? what? How
2: can you not eat waffles? <gasps> ah! What? I stepped on a pumpkin. <laughs> it's a pretty classic
0: joke. It's a classic joke. <laughs> joke. joke well delivered by a yeah. kid, which makes it like 20% cuter instantly. Yeah. And I was on it. it I don't know. I eat that shit with a spoon.
1: They they come in and they step in some pumpkins. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wirt keep or not work, but Greg keeps one on his foot. He's got pumpkin shoes. Um,
0: <laughs> He's got a case of pumpkin foot.
1: <laughs> got a case of pumpkin foot. So they decide to keep going in. Um, it seems empty at first. There's nobody in this rustic fall town. Um, until they open a door and in a very sort of the shining moment, Uh, We just this is is
0: some of that like unanswered weirdness. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. Is a turkey face down is the (laughs) grotesque, (laughs) a grotesque turkey just face down on a like a dining table um, sitting in it like it's people um, and then just lifts its head up, stares at them and then lifts its head back down. Um, I don't know. The door. It's so
0: good. I mean, I'm assuming the the moment in The Shining you're referencing is when they open the door and there's furries fucking.
1: Right. Yeah. There's that kind of businessman in a bear suit person, <laughs> and they just kind of go back to their dark work. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But they make and, their and s- they
0: make their way to a barn. There is a barn that they hear music coming from, and they're like, "Oh shit! Okay, so there's stuff over there." And they go in, and it's full of pumpkin men, pumpkin people. People made out of pumpkins whose heads are pumpkins and they are dancing like around some sort of weird thick maypole. They're doing a maypole dance. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> they look over and like like they like. I think Beatrice thinks it's creepy and like the camera moves over and we see this pumpkin man carving a pumpkin face in another pumpkin and he just stares at the camera menacingly. It's a famous
1: it was famously gift. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a great scene. It's a great little moment. Uh, horrifying. Yes, oh
0: <laughs> very unsettling. It is hurt a little bit by its eleven-minute runtime, I think, because we don't get nearly enough time to live in the uncertainty of what's going on. That's true. um Because they jump in
1: with a like, "Oh, yeah, we're wearing costumes. We're not actually pumpkins, you idiot. We're wearing <laughs> costumes." But there's still a lot of uncertainty there.
0: Yeah. And then they like they're talking to some of the locals and then Wirt mentions that they're trying to leave and that like ends the party. And it turns out the maypole that they've all been dancing around is a really, really uncomfortable design of a kind of a nightmare person named Enoch. Yeah, we yeah, found yeah. out this is kind of we're kind of doing the Wicker Man a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, and, but then instead of being sacrificed to bees, he has to do a couple hours of manual labor. <laughs> <laughs> the bees. And Enoch, yeah. Enoch is a he's a he's like a twenty foot tall pumpkin man. He's got a giant pumpkin, with like head. tendrils. Yeah, they're like vines or corn husks. Like I can't tell what they're supposed to be, but he's basically a pumpkin with tentacles and like. Uh, like when he moves there's like a really menacing moment where we zoom in on him and his tentacles move and we hear like a like the foley they add is like rattlesnake rustling it's noises. a ch- it's a chittering it's like it's like cockroaches walking yeah.
1: oh. <laughs> and the voice the voice too is like Enoch, yeah, it's this... straight out of the crypt
0: yeah uh, it's a great
1: this folksy kind of a ron perlman sort of voice it's not ron perlman it's chris isaac
0: it's folksy and it's and intimidating Right, yes, exactly. very intimidating It saddens
2: me that you don't wish to stay here with us Particularly because I simply have to punish you for your transgressions
0: and Yeah, so Enoch, Enoch, he's a big pumpkin man He's got these big dead eyes and permanently clenched teeth And like, everything is terrible uh, And then instantly it's like I sentence you to a few hours of manual labor Wait, what? Really? That's it? Among the fields of sparse over and then we get this, like, kind of really chill, like, James Taylor pastoral, music, almost.
1: This, like, pastoral like, um labor montage. montage.
0: Yeah. yeah. But this was the joke that I I didn't like for a couple of reasons. For one, because it, it does something that I always hate to see, which is treating the joke like a joke. Uh, uh-huh. mm-hmm. Why say, oh, just a few hours? No, it's a punishment. You should yeah. say, go out, go to the field for a couple hours. And then the boys can be like, the boys can still be like, oh. Uh, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. exactly. Sure. And then they, they try and re-engage the like freak out. Like they take away all the stakes and it's like, Oh, okay. We're just doing manual labor. And then they try and re-engage because they are, they have them digging holes and then we're supposed to believe like they're digging their own graves. Uh, but yeah. we've already lost all the tension and we don't believe there's danger. And again, they it turns out there is no danger. Um, they, there, there is a kind of a fun world buildy type reveal about the about the holes. They're not digging graves for themselves. They're digging up old graves because it turns out everyone's skeletons.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. Greg finds a skeleton. That's why they kind of think they're digging graves. Uh, yeah. Is because in Greg's hole, he's found a skeleton. He's super jazzed about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is fun. Um, he found treasure. It's it's a skeleton. <laughs>
0: Well, I think we we do. We're, it's an interesting thing. We're, we're establishing kind of that this show takes place with uh, specific themes that I don't know that I'll say I'll say so because, yeah, because if you just watched this one in, in by itself, you might think it's a little more Wicker manny a little more Children of the Corn. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you add in the fact that you you add in these skeletons and the candy, we and the turkey, we get a better idea that this we're talking about kind of a general fall and general kind of harvest and general spooky halloween stuff mhm right yeah i don't think this episode takes away from the later episodes because they 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 effectively get the like tension and stakes back in a, in other episodes uh some of them are way, are very clearly like low stakes fun episodes and some of them are way creepy but i do think this one could have could have afforded a little more time to live in the in the scary
1: you yeah, know? well, one of those great moments that happens it, before Enoch sentence, sentences them to punishment. Uh, one of the pumpkin I women. I sentence you
0: to punishment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, one of the one of the pumpkin people says to Wirtz. He says, "Aren't you early? You seem a yeah, little we get, early to We get some, we, be get some here. we get some
0: vague, some vagueness, yeah, right? Some spooky, uh, some spooky foreshadowing.
1: Yeah, and then. Once the whole reveal happens, they go, you know, it's fine. You can. Yeah, you're free to leave. You'll you'll (laughs) join us eventually. Yeah. Um, But it does have that sort of folktale, spooky story, fable kind of thing going for it. This sort of one off, uh, you know, Oh, it's the town of the dead, or you know, it's like a Twilight Zone episode or Mm -hmm. something. I
0: call this story the town of only skeletons.
1: (laughs) And turkey and a turkey.
0: (laughs) And and one turkey.
1: (laughs) Actually, actually, there are multiple turkeys used to a great effect in the montage. um, when they're cleaning up and we see They're kind of like um, the cattle of this in this strange world.
0: Yes. (laughs) I don't know why I don't know why one of them was sitting at a kitchen table earlier. I know, (laughs) and the
1: great unexplained, many unexplained things about this show, but uh word is loading up pumpkins on a wagon and at the head of the wagon are two turkeys that are these sort of beasts of burden <laughs> and they steal they steal his wizard hat and they, they beasts uh, of burden. Put, put one Okay. Yeah. Remember that pun from
0: Botsmaster? Burden? Oh
1: Burden. Man, why would they do that? It's uh, laser time okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's not laser time anymore. It is legally no longer laser time. <laughs> it's like when happy hour is over and you can't get the drink discount
0: (laughs) yeah yeah no one's got the 3d shades anymore um yeah so so there's no there's no tension everybody sort of parts on good terms uh they get to leave and uh and like rory said the beatrice did not fulfill her weird life debt and They we sort of reengage with this uh, little mini arc, I guess, if we want to call anything like an arc where she says she re re reiterates that she's going to bring them to Adelaide. And they say, I hope he's more helpful than the woodsman. And I think a really, a really uh, effective thing they do here at the end is some is some more like non literal mood storytelling where the last visual we have in this episode is like this fall leaf blowing in the wind while they talk and then it, like, gets, like, stuck in the fence uh, and, like, is fluttering and, like, trying to get out and it can't. And, like, we get these dark, low, like, cello strings sort of come in yeah. under it right before the credits. Like, oh, so we good. Can't, we can't really tell what that's literally supposed to mean, but it's really effective at kind of being, like, right, this place is still dangerous and there's still bad stuff coming. And, like, we're, you know what I mean? Like, it's cool, yeah. non-literal oh, stuff.
1: Absolutely mm-hmm. awesome at that environmental storytelling and that, like... Taking that time is also, it's a very anime sort of move, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. These, these moments.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anime cat, yeah. Yes.
1: Um, thank you, Anime cat. <laughs> um, yeah, these moments of, of showing, <laughs> you know, showing a fountain, you know, just trickling water out of it, just showing, you know, the buzzing of cicadas in the summer, these, these kinds yeah, exactly. of things that don't always um, get, get done in, say, a bots master. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's, it, everybody, it's, it's Johnny Podcast here talking to you, coming to you with a straight dope. Uh, and so, this show, I, I I do worry a little bit, is going to suffer the most because of its length and because of its quality from a problem we're always kind of worried about. I've just been like, well, it was good. <laughs> yeah. uh, good podcast. Good podcast. Good podcast. Good podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, so... I think that's kind of why we kind of double down on kind of the you know the English 101 essay of the of the conversation as yeah because we that's do what it now. asks for the most it asks to be interpreted and 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 engaged with mm-hmm. um, right and I I'm there for it. I mean I, I enjoy doing it uh, I'm hoping to be a little less contemplative and back to the yes. jokes to the jokes and to the the, the, the whiz pows and <laughs> and shake it it. The, quick quick sca- quick tell a sca- joke and scare the anime cat out of here
1: <laughs> flush him out well, of his hiding well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my den uh we we do, we do talk on in, in sort of our our uh, talks about our podcast we talk a lot about trying to like you know not like on a first episode or introducing a show not just shuck, not just suck a show's cock all day yeah we <laughs>
1: <right>? yeah <laughs> Yeah, this is the stuff we say on our post show. This is our this is our after the Tuesday post show that that we record also. Um, oh uh, boy, this is no, what we'll I just, say this this good stuff.
0: <laughs> I just I just mean we we recognize that anytime we start a new show, we have a lot of big picture things to talk about. And then as we move on, we get a little more into the weeds about the weirdness and like the individual shit that's going on. And so true. I think, I think we'll have all the jokes back next week, but I I also really liked this, like talking with you guys about something that's worth, worth engaging. Like it's, it's not every day, not every week, not every month that Saturday morning, Tuesdays consumes what I would call decent media. Well, it is (laughs) true. And, and, and media of this, of this kind where like even something else that we've loved doesn't always ask to be looked at this intensely
1: yeah mm-hmm. yeah and I think I think over the garden wall is a good subject because um it isn't perfect yeah. and and I think no. it is interesting to sort of look at the ways that it hits and the ways that it misses so um obviously ultimately pretty fucking good show um we're not here to here to tear down your favorite show if you know uh if the, <laughs> if that's you know one you really like but you know i think I think it it does have some shortcomings and I think it's interesting to look at even if we have to remember that it is a it is a cartoon show for babies,
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, That's in cool an effort... adult men
1: like us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Andy just cool adult cartoons. I, I do. <laughs> they're for adult. They're for adult cats. For adults only. For adult cats <laughs> They're for cute only. little cats. They're for cute little cats. Um, in an effort to bring the funny back to this podcast, right before we right before we end for the day, uh, I'm gonna read aloud to you a newspaper cartoon that I found just now. Uh, it's gonna be
1: really funny. So there's it's gonna a, there's be this funny. It's
0: gonna be this. It's gonna be about this mean man named John and his angry oh cat. Oh boy!
1: <laughs> oh boy! What did Jeffy get up to tonight?
0: No, there's a there's a doctor and a patient and uh there's a clown in the doctor's room office, which is just oh, very no. funny, very funny. And the doctor's do, using this deathoscope and it appears the man is dead. He's flatlined. And the doctor says, "Dang, we lost another one. Maybe this whole laughter thing is a crock." You see, because laughter is the very best medicine, but it appears oh. the clown—the the, clown—the clown did not save the man. Everyone laughed. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it have just been a lot funnier if it's if the stethoscope squirted the doctor in the ears? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, or if he called him like like Doctor Bozo or something. I think that would be kind of fun. The clown is a doctor. See, there's there's any number of angles. I hope you've I hope you've enjoyed my new segment. Andy tells you about a visual media. Oh, let's, punch, let's punch up. Let's punch up bad, bad Farsides. <laughs> <laughs> Farsides coming back, you guys. Did you see that? The Farside never left. It, 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 <laughs> that, that chicken has lived inside you. That chicken and the cow. I've been cooking That's the chicken. Sp- yeah. <laughs> here's what's so funny about the far side It takes... It, <laughs> Tell it, it me. Takes, it takes... <laughs> Good take,
2: night,
1: here's everybody. Here's what's so
0: funny is that they take animals that usually people kill and they kill the people... Oh, A A the humans act like animals and the animals act like people. Do you get it? Do you kind of <laughs> get that? <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for tuning in once again i have been the anime cat nya this is over here is old 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 scrap. old scrap old scrap in the junkyard and that over there is johnny podcast uh otherwise known as johnny pods and pod john and 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 casting casting johnny jonathan mm. podrick the third john jonathan podrick the third thank you for listening to us and putting up with with everything that comes out of our mouths and uh and and, and like you do every week this is a this is a labor of love and i and i'm so sorry oh, i'm over here i'm over here uh you know getting getting notes getting notes from my from my radio producer and he's he's telling me that's right my producer is a man get used to it oh. internet <laughs> oh god <laughs> We're sorry, Uh, Internet. um, What does that mean? I don't know. (laughs) Uh, If you want to follow us on Instagram, that would be nice.
2: I got to post there.
0: We're going to post on Instagram sometimes. We're going to post on Twitter sometimes. We're going to post on Facebook sometimes. We're going to post on website sometimes. You can follow us (laughs) on all those spots individually or together as some sort of weird social media uh, conglomeration of, ever, uh, you do what you do, you know. However, whatever keeps your mental health in check, you do as many of them as you need to do, and we'll be there waiting for you to kiss you goodnight. Um, but
1: sometimes, I guess. Uh, but some- <laughs> our social media strategy has been called chaotic by many. <laughs> Uh, the most direct
0: way you can help us out is just go over to the podcast house, uh, the Apple apple.com.podcast, and um, <laughs> say hi to us there. Leave a review that says very good job, boys. Leave us say hi. Leave a... <laughs> <laughs> Our outros get longer every week. Well, because the, because um, because the places that we tell the places that we live get you know get more and more <laughs> entropic and and the internet is dying and our way of life is coming to an end.
1: Well, before <laughs> the eventual
0: list, we're all the we're all going to universe.
1: <laughs> before the eventual heat death of the universe, uh, we will be back next of week. The podiverse. Mm. That's not that's not okay. Um, the podcast, before th- un- Austin. <laughs> Before the, the podcast earth. cinematic universe uh, dies, um, come the, back and we watch. Get
0: snapped in half, Rory. I, I
1: swear to God, <laughs> if you can just let me get through this, please. We're gonna, we're gonna be back. We've looped our
0: theme song too many times. I'm switching to new music. We
2: <laughs> <Or> just
0: change <laughs> the gonna, key.
1: We're we're gonna be back. You can watch the next three episodes of Over the Garden Wall. Yeah, that's three, um, four, two, and five. And so, it was two this time. It's three this time. Three chapters. So, not quite like for what thirty thirty minutes, thirty five minutes, or thirty four minutes all mm-hmm. all told, something like that uh, of episodes. And then we're gonna we're gonna chat about those next week. So uh, stay tuned, and uh, we'll be back, and we'll see you next Tuesday.